This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Morning, Life Church. Good to see you this morning. We're going to continue in our series, Reading Mark, Meeting Jesus. And if this is the first time you've been in this series, don't worry, you can just Jump right into it, enjoy it, receive something from God. Because we actually believe that it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And if you can get to know Him, the big answers in life are answered. The big questions in life, even, are answered. So the, the, Mark kicks off by saying this book, his book, the Gospel of Mark, is the good news about Jesus. So we're bringing good news week after week after week. And I want you to receive the good news. I want you to grasp it and get to know Jesus better. And in chapter 6, the second half of chapter 6, there's a couple of miracles. And in the mir- there's the feeding of the 5,000 and there's Jesus walking on water. And in the feeding of the 5,000, as you will may or may not know, there was 5,000 people, certainly 5,000 men plus ladies and and, and, and kids and, and so on, we reckon. And Jesus took a little bit, just a few bits of bread, a couple of sardines, and fed over 5,000 people. That was the miracle. And then the following miracle is the walking on water. And what's interesting about the first miracle, it was a miracle of provision. God provided for the people who had need. The people were hungry, and God provided. But what was also interesting about that was when the disciples came to Jesus and says, this is the problem. We've got some people here who are hungry and, and you know what we're going to do about it. Let's send them away so it's not, no longer our problem. Rather than getting rid of the problem and saying, let's send them away so problem solved, Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Well, it's quite interesting that Jesus kind of threw it back onto them rather than taking it on himself. Now, they're thinking Jesus is the answer. He, he can solve it. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. It's verse 37 of chapter 6. And at the end, when they went and found the guy, little boy with a, with a few bits of bread and a couple of uh, sardines, he, basically his butties that his mom and dad had made up for him, we found these... They then went and fed the people, and the miracle was, as they gave out, it multiplied, and there was more enough. And interestingly, there were 12 full baskets left at the end, way more than they started with. And this miracle is telling us, is when we see a need, Jesus is saying, you do something about it. Whoa. No, you do something about it. And when you do, I will supply and meet that need. And actually, when you give, you'll find you have more left than when you started. That makes no sense whatsoever. But it's the Bible. It's the gospel. And when we give, God always meets our need as well. And, uh, you know, generosity has its rewards in many ways. And we never give to get something back. That's the wrong motive. We give to bless people. We give to meet needs. We give to help people. That's what it's all about. But when we get, we get rewarded in so many ways. When we see the people that we've helped flourish. When we see people who've been in need, that need's been met. We are blessed by doing that. And I want to encourage you in generosity. When we give, 
God rewards us in so many different ways. And, you know, hospitality is a wonderful, is a wonderful thing. If you've not learned the principle of hospitality, then, then get into it. Because if you're waiting to, before you give someone accommodation, you need to own a hotel, you, it's never going to happen. If you're waiting till you're rich before you could offer someone a brew, then it's, it, it might it may or may not happen. The point is, what we have, we use. What we have, we give. And when we give what we have, God uses and multiplies what we have and returns back to us more than we could ever imagine. So God meets needs. Imagine the 12 disciples, 12 basket loads full. I think it's very significant that it was 12. Because 12 people were asked to meet the need. You give them something to eat. They did that. Jesus multiplied the bread as they gave it, away, gave it away and the fish, and they had more left than before. And that's a principle that we can learn, that when we give, we never find ourselves in a position where we don't have. Because if we give, God meets our needs. Not so we could store things up, but so that we're in a position to keep on giving, and that the supply keeps getting to us. So that's one of the things we learned from the first um, miracle, the feeding of the, of the 5,000. God multiplies our efforts. Twelve baskets full. When we serve and give until we think we've kind of got no more to give, I'm worn out, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I've run out of resources. When we get to that point, it's amazing. God's basically saying, if you do that, I look after you. I love that. I love that. And for, for many of us right now, and I'm thinking the guys here are, are, are kicking off their year on pays and, you know, they've made the sacrifice of leaving home and travel thousands of miles in some cases and, and kind of look into the future and see, you will see loads of miracles this year. Because, because what you have done, God will bless that. God will honor that. And whenever we step out in faith, God blesses us. Faith does not make things easy, but it does make things possible. And when we believe, God blesses that and honors that. So I want to encourage us in that idea. And you know, Jesus is speaking to the, the crowd, and, 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 and some people, you know, just came to him for a free for a feed, for a free lunch. They just came to him because they wanted something to eat. In John 6.35, he talks about that. He, just, he says to the crowd, he says, you just following me for something to eat. And I have found that that happens in life. Some people will just be attracted to perhaps you or to church for what they can get. And sometimes when they've got what they want, they'll, they'll move on. And uh, I don't enjoy that. But you know, one verse in the Bible that's blessed me so much through this, this summer that keeps coming back to me, come back to me, coming back to me, to me, encourage me to keep on doing what God's called us to do. And it's Matthew twenty-five forty. Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So if I always remember that, and you always remember that, we won't get worn out, we won't get too frustrated, we won't get discouraged or downhearted when we give and bless people and they seem to like disappear from our lives. We're doing it for Jesus, so we're going to keep on doing it for Jesus no matter what, and uh, that'll help you as it helps me. So Jesus, they came, Jesus came not to give bread, but to be bread. Jesus saying, I am your bread, not just to, to satisfy, you know, the need in your stomach because you're feeling hungry. And I'm guaranteed that whenever, I, you know, we talk about food, we all sort of think, oh, 
Yeah, I, I can't wait for lunch. You know, we, we kind of think about stuff like that. You know, we begin to feel, feel hungry. But Jesus didn't come principally to satisfy that. Oh, God does provide for us. I believe that. He, ca- he came to be bread, to be our satisfaction. And I believe that meeting, reading Mark, meeting Jesus, when we truly meet Jesus, he is our satisfaction. He is all we need. You think, well, I need something. I've got things I need. I've, I, I need answers to prayer and, and I, I need circumstances to be turned around and, 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 and so on and so forth. And that's really important and it matters to God for sure. No question about it. It really does matter. But let me tell you that our answer, our need is met in Jesus, not in things. So we're not searching for things. God adds to our lives what we need for sure, but the answer is him. So the first was a miracle of provision. God meets our needs and he meets the needs of others through us. It's, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but if you are aware of needs around you, and if you're someone who prays about things and prays for people, it's uncanny how sometimes when you see a need, you can't say someone should do something about it. They should do something about it. Because we're aware of it, it's often we should do something about it. And God touches our heart to do what we can. We cannot, a single person cannot solve all the problems in our community or in the world. But when we do what we can, the cumulative effort of hundreds of people in Life Church community makes an incredible difference around these communities across East Lancashire. And the impact goes way beyond that for sure. So that was a miracle of provision. Jesus showed the disciples that he could meet the need but he was meeting the need through them. He was giving them some responsibility to not just pray, God, do something about this. I'm actually going to do what I can, and I'm going to see you multiply my efforts. And also to teach them that when we give, we'll never be in lack. When we give, we'll never have less. When we give, God will always meet our needs. It's a promise. The Bible, right through the Bible, it's a promise of God, and it's certainly my experience and the experience of many people here this morning. So, after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus sets his disciples off to row across the lake. And as they, they go to row across the lake, Jesus goes up the mountain to pray because he consistently spent time with his father. Mentioned this many times, but he, by spending time with his father, he drew strength. And here's the thing for us. If we spend time with our Heavenly Father, that's where our strength comes from. It doesn't come from inside. It comes from Him imparting strength into us by spending time with Him. So never neglect spending time with Father God. Because from that, we receive strength to be able to minister and to bless other people. So Jesus showed that He's a master over resources. He fed 5,000 plus people. And then in this next miracle... He shows that he is a master over the elements. And I'm going to read to you from Mark 6, 47 through 52. And here is the second miracle, Jesus walks on water. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on water. He intended to go past them. Just like, amazing, they're in trouble, he's walking past them. Think about it. 
But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. Why the thing is, how many ghosts had they seen? You know, we always see a ghost when we're fishing. Where, where, where does that idea come from? But here's what I believe. If people don't believe in God or don't believe, recognize Jesus for who he is, they'll believe any old sort of rubbish rather than believing in God. It's a ghost. They haven't seen a ghost before. This is just their imagination. But, of course, it was Jesus. Verse 50. They were terrified, you would be, when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. How about hearing that? Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. So you want to receive, I want you to receive that this morning. Loud and clear. Take courage, Jesus says. I am here. Whatever you're facing, whatever your trouble, whatever the storm in your life right now, take courage. I am here. They were, they were, then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. So here's an interesting story. The disciples were doing what Jesus told them to do. They got into the boat and started to row across the lake. Now, this this is a lake, the Lake of Galilee, Sea of Galilee, Storms grow up. We heard about that a couple of weeks ago from when Dan taught, uh, preached about that and Jesus in the boat calming the storm. So we know that that happens. That is a, f- a regular phenomena in, in that place. So the storms, the storm blew up. And so they're rowing, doing what God had called them to do. And even though they were doing what Jesus had called them to do, they were being obedient. Get this. Even though they were be- being obedient, they still went through a storm. This is a good thing to learn. Sometimes when we are obedient to what God tells us to do, you think, well, I'm being obedient. I'm just doing what God tells us to do. Surely from now, using the metaphor, it should be plain sailing. But no, even when we're being obedient, even when we're doing what God's told us to do, we can still find ourselves in the storms of life. We can still find ourselves in danger even when we're being obedient. Being a Christian does not guarantee us an easy life. It does not guarantee us a storm-free life. If you signed up for that, I'm really sorry. I have to break it to you, but that's not how life works. As Matt said, it is about life. And so storms come, even when you're being obedient. So they're rowing across the lake, rowing very hard, putting their back into it, but not making any progress because the tide or the storm was too great and the wind was too great that they could not get across the other lake. So understandably, they were um, terrified. Understandably, they they were troubled. And for them, it seemed like they were on their own, Jesus is up, up the mountain praying. Where is he when there's work to be done? He's praying. What's that about? So he's praying. He's, he's talking to his father, drawing strength. And what they didn't know was he was praying for them. And when he saw them in danger, he walked across the water and got in the boat 
with them. He's the thing. Even though we don't always think that God is with us, He always is. Even though we don't always feel the closeness of His presence. Sometimes, for me, the presence of God is real. I don't necessarily have to be in in a a group of a few hundred people to feel that. On my own, I can really feel the presence of God. And so can you if you talk to your Father. Sometimes we feel it more than the other times. But the, the truth is... Whether we feel the presence of God or don't feel the presence of God, He's with us just the same. So, do I feel God is with me? It's totally the wrong question. Because it's not about our feelings, it's about the truth. The reality is that God promises to never leave us or forsake us. When we invite Jesus to be Lord of our lives, He comes by the Holy Spirit and takes residence within us. He ain't going anywhere. He's not quitting. He's not leaving. He's not abandoning you. He's with you. So even though this, on this occasion Jesus was not physically in the boat, He was still with them. And then when He came and got into the boat, immediately the storm ceased, the wind wind abated and everything was calm once again. Even if it means walking across water, Jesus will get there for you. Even if it means uh, doing the extraordinary, Jesus will be there for Even if it means I don't feel like he's with me, he's with you. He always will be with you. Maturity tells us, and I want to take you to a deeper, we all need to grow this season, I believe. Me, me, Number one, me, not just included, but me. If I want you to grow, I've got to grow as well. So we all need to grow this season. But one thing we can grow in is think, it's not, I'm not going to be about, it's, I am not going to be a, a fi- about feelings. I love good feelings. I love the feeling of God's presence. I, I absolutely enjoy that. I love that. I appreciate that. I'm honored. I'm privileged to receive all of that. But I do know that God's with me however I feel. And circumstances and challenges that we go through life, even though sometimes he seems at a distance, he's up the mountain. Why are you not in the boat with me? He's there all the time. And he is so with you. So they had the miracle of God's uh, protection but the greatest miracle, the big miracle, and the whole point of these two, or the main point, I believe, of these two uh, miracles is the fact it was a miracle of God's presence. It wasn't just about, yeah, uh, provision's wonderful, God's protection's wonderful, and I love that, and we get that as well. But the most important thing to get this morning is, is the miracle of God's presence. He is present with us. He was present with them, and He is always with us when we invite Him into, that, into our lives. Straight after a miracle, whose point was, I am bread from heaven, if you feed on me, I'll live forever. The miracle of his presence, when they thought there was no way he could be with them, he was, he was distant, he, he appeared to be distant. He wasn't in the storm with them. He was present with them just as much as he ever could have been. The focus of these miracles is on Jesus' presence with us. And this is what we need to take away this morning that he is present with us. This is what we need to, to understand. He's, and I'm, I know I'm, 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 kind of, I'm really laboring it, and I'll continue to do that, because we've got to grasp it, because immature Christianity is, I don't feel it. Yeah. Mature Christianity is, God's with me. I know it. I know it on the authority of his word. 
and how he's come through for me in the past. Sometimes I've been in situations where it's taken, seemed to take forever for God to come through and rescue me out of the storm or change the circumstances around us. But maturity and experience tells us that he does come through and he will come through. And on the authority of the word of God and on, on our experience, we know for sure that that will happen. So he gives them the miracle of his presence when they thought there was nowhere he could be there, his personal presence. Now it's interesting when you look at the miracle of the walking on water, there's no explanation about that. There's no explanation about uh, why he walked on water, obviously to get to them. Jesus doesn't start up a new ministry, walking on water ministries. He doesn't sort of encourage them. Uh, You know, we know that Peter walked on water, but there are no other occasions we can read when Jesus recorded, when Jesus does this again. He may have done, it's not recorded, because if he wanted to get across water, he used a boat. And I'd advise you to do the same. If you want to check out the canal afterwards. Good luck with that one. But if we needed to, perhaps God will help us to do that. But no, there's boats. We can swim. You know, there there are ways to do it. But on this occasion, it wasn't about the walking on the water. It wasn't some big lesson in respect of that. He was was, uh, over the elements, absolutely. But it was mostly about his presence with them and his presence with with us. In chapter 4, we looked at a couple of weeks ago, you know, the disciples observed even the winds, the wind and the waves obey him when he calmed the storm. No reference to that whatsoever at this occasion, because it wasn't about that. It was about his presence with them and the understanding that he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped suddenly. And then they were safely across the other side of the lake. And I was thinking about the disciples. And you know, the disciples often got a hard time. I think, I think sometimes when you read the Bible, you think, whoa, you know, these boys, you know, why didn't they get it? Why didn't they see it? And then I think sometimes how long it takes me to catch on. I'm thinking, okay, give them a break. But there are different emotions where they were terrified. I would have been, I hate boats. I would have been in, in that storm. They were terrified. Then, They were relieved Jesus came to their rescue. And then they were amazed that he walked on water. And then they were bemused. They didn't understand it because they were not yet ready to accept that Jesus was who he said he was. The Son of God, God himself. They had not got that. I've had all those emotions following Jesus. And I think that's probably quite normal that sometimes we're terrified Sometimes we're just relieved when God comes through. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, we're, we're amazed that God did that. I mean, if you've never been amazed as a Christian, come on, get, get with it. Take a few risks. Jump in. Then you'll be amazed. You'll be astounded. I've been astounded by what God's done and what God's done through people. I've been relieved when God's come to my rescue. And I've also been bemused. I can't really understand why that happened the way it happened. But, you know, all of those emotions we have, and their problem was they were struggling to grasp who Jesus actually was. We've all perhaps had some all of those emotions. But the thing was, Jesus always meets our need. And, and, and the first miracle, you know, if you're facing a huge challenge, your equivalent to feeding 5,000 
No one's got a family that big. But just some equivalent challenge like that. It's a big challenge for you. Never mind someone else. It's a big challenge for you. Let me tell you this morning that God will give you everything you need to meet that challenge. If God's called you to that, He will help you. He will give you all you need. And you'll have something left over when you're done. How good's that? Something left over. And when we're in danger, when we're in trouble, in the, in the dark, in the storm, nothing will separate us from God. If it comes to walking on water, He'll do that to be with you. Jesus will do whatever it takes to get you to understand that he's present, He is present with you and will meet every need. You know, whenever we do anything in Jesus' name, He, he will meet and supply what we need. Whenever we take a risk in Jesus' name, we will not be destroyed. He will, he will help us. He will get us through. Jesus gets into the boat. His presence was what really mattered. And I love that. When we give of ourselves and our resources, you know, sometimes we take risks in doing all of that and, and, and in our time and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But He comes through. He absolutely does. He meets our, our needs he, the creator of the bread can be our provision. The creator of the world can be our protection and be our presence. And, you know, as I've prayed a lot over the last few weeks about this season, uh, and uh, from September through to Christmas, just expecting great things, expecting that we're going to reach people, we're going to disciple people, we're going to see great things through um, Alpha and our, our new kids program and our fantastic life groups and all the kind of stuff we're trying to do, relaunch of, of youth again on, on this coming Friday, etc., etc., etc. All the things that you do in helping people one-to-one. The influence of Life Church is just growing and growing and expanding and expanding. And I'm sometimes amazed at what God does with what we have, what God does with what we give that we can impact thousands of people across the UK and beyond. It's so wonderful. But you might also have a personal challenge that you need courage. How wonderful to hear Jesus speak those words to his disciples. Take courage. I'm here. It's me. I'm here. Stop, stop worrying about it. Stop, stop being terrified. Stop being, having all the cares because I'm here. I am with you. And I think what we need to do is to learn to recognize His presence with us. Verse uh, 51, 52, Jesus, it says, They were totally amazed. They still didn't, didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. So they didn't understand the first miracle. Their hearts were hardened. And, you know, again, we can give the disciples a real, a real kind of tough time on this one of thinking, Boys, why didn't you get it? Why, why, di- why didn't the penny drop with you? Why, why, why didn't you see in the, in the midst, the guy that you'd spent years with walking about and teaching, you'd seen the miracles, you've seen all of that kind of stuff going on. Why didn't you get it? But their hearts, their, their hearts were hardened. Because if they believed that he was who he said he was, it would, it would change everything. It would mean they would have to do all sorts of different things that they hadn't anticipated they would be doing. Even thinking, well, why God, why God would you choose me to be one of your disciples? They had to get their heads around that. And their disbelief was really just a misunderstanding. And sometimes we can see around us the hand of God. We can see miracles in the lives of other people. We can see God 
kind of break through in all sorts of different ways. We can see how some people's lives have been transformed, how some people's characters have been changed, how God has met needs, and we can kind of observe it. And it's a bit like knowing the Bible, but not living the Bible. It's a bit like knowing about Jesus, but knowing, not knowing Him for yourself. And that is our challenge this morning, to understand and identify when Jesus says, take courage, it's me, it's me, to accept him for who he absolutely is. Reading Mark, meeting Jesus, we find that Jesus is all we need. I love the fact that God provides for us whatever we need, no matter how far, how big the challenge. We'll always have what we need to, to do what God has called us to do. I love the fact that God protects us, His hand on us. He doesn't let us stumble. He, 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 he kind of helps us and strengthens us in all sorts of situations. We have His provision. We have His protection. But most importantly, the most important thing of all, we have His presence with us. Without God with us, where would we be? That's what I would say about myself. Without the Lord, where would I be? Through challenges of life, He's with us. And you, through your challenge, let me tell you again this morning, He is with you. Take courage. What do you need courage for this morning? What do you need God to do for you? How do you need God to speak into that situation? Let's bow our heads and pray, and ask that God will come to us, and we'd understand that He's with us. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.